The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD and on the FM at 99.9 HD2. Online all around the world, so I'm told, at uh, www.wfmd.com. Uh, we really appreciate you spending part of your Sunday morning with us uh, each and every week, hopefully. Or maybe it's just this one time. Well, welcome to the show if this is your first time. I'm Troy Skinner. I'm the pastor of a local house church called Household of Faith in Christ. We have a website, householdoffaithinchrist.com, if you'd like to check us out and connect with all of our social media and blogs and videos and even the faith debate and stuff. It's all uh, either archived directly there or linked from there to all the places where it's archived. And I'm joined by our regular esteemed panel now. These guys are also pastors of, of local house churches. we got the Razvis, Imran and Daniel. They're with a house church that I think they uh, kind of informally go by the church that meets at Imran's, uh, Imran's house uh, up in the, like the Thurmon area. And um, on the south end of the county, uh, there's the Forsey Church. Uh, David Forsey is the pastor there. Yeah. And I've known these gentlemen uh, on and off for a number of years. I've come to trust them and respect them wildly. And uh, hopefully, as you listen to the show, you will will share my esteem for them. So... We got a whole bunch of things we were talking about before we actually got started here in, in today's show that we might end up bringing in. But I want to actually introduce what the planned topic was because I feel like it might interweave and connect with some of the things we talked about. So today's topic has to do with statues. Should they be canceled? Should they have even ever been erected? What's the Bible say? So cancel culture, you know, those on the conservative side call them like the woke mob and they're tearing down statues of Christopher Columbus or Thomas Jefferson or that sort of thing. And people who on the political right get outraged. And so I wanted to frame this. Uh, we can talk about the woke stuff because that connects a part of what we were talking about earlier. And cancel culture, we were talking about that a little bit too and how that even a show like ours is at risk because we're truth tellers here and the truth tends to get canceled. <laughs> so we do have those concerns on occasion, but, you know, we tell the truth and let the chips fall where they may. So should it, what if these were, I'm going to ask it this way and then get the pastoral uh, input. If these were statues of some sort of, satanically influenced political leader, like a statue of Adolf Hitler, would we be upset if somebody tore that down? And secondly, I don't care if it's like, you know, who's the best person you can think of uh, in our American context, you know... Uh, Benedict Arnold? Benedict Arnold? <laughs> Benedict Arnold's the best we can think of. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually funny you mentioned Benedict Arnold. I was traveling up with my family in uh, New England, and they have a statue in, uh, is it uh, Vermont, I think, of Benedict Arnold's leg. A statue of his leg. A statue of his leg because he lost his leg in uh, in the war, oh fighting for the the the, uh, the That's Americans. That's a little too macabre. No, 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 no. But, but there's a reason, right? He lost his leg in the war, fighting for the Americans, and then later he turned traitor. And so they wanted to remember when he was not a traitor, and the only part of him that they were sure was not a traitor was the leg he had lost. That's still, so they made it. That's still rather macabre. So anyway, so do you understand kind of what I'm asking here? Is, is there biblical sanction 
for tearing down these things. Mm -hmm. And let's even go back in time before when these things were erected. Was was it biblically appropriate to yes. put them up? So there, yes, to, both? to both. There's a couple things that come to mind uh, biblically. One is, um, you know, monument. It, it's God instructs Israel to set up monuments at certain times. Right. You know, there's that there there are things that. Uh, so so I, I I sort of maybe I, I sort of think of statues in that sense, right? Like the point of a statue is so that you remember uh, a person, you know, or or and or an maybe. Event. Yeah, or, you know, maybe the events surrounding um, that, you know, so I, I think there can be, um, and so, the, you know, and you might set up memorials to remember both good things that happened and also uh, bad things that happened. It's good to remember history in its in its fullness, um, but, I, you know, I, I think... I think probably these, you know, the statue should represent, but, but, you know, again, all, all characters are, uh, there's, there's no, uh, there's no good character that didn't have any bad, you know, attributes of some kind or another. Other than the people in this room, of course. <laughs> so, you know, so the, so the point of, of setting up a, a memorial you know, is really to remember something very specific. Right. You know, not necessarily everything about that person. And that's why it really depends on the context of what what the intent is with the statue, right? And, and you know, when the Bible talks about it, the Bible, the God plays out the scenario. He says, put this monument up to remember so that generations from now, when your kids walk by and they see that and they say, Daddy, what's that about? You can tell him, and you're going to tell him this, and then he tells him what to tell them, right? Um, a lot there, we see that with the Passover when you do the Passover, which is not a monument, but that's an example of time God says, okay. But there was another one, I guess. The monument was the stones in the Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. Put twelve stones on yep. top of each other so that your children will ask you, and then you can tell them what happened. There's other passages that says, "Don't make a graven image." I think that's talking about when you worship it. So certainly, people can fall in love with and worship the statues and have them as their gods, and that will be a time to tear them down. So there are commandments to tear down those types of statues. Now, I do understand. I mean, it's, it's clear. Anybody who's read the Bible knows that there are monuments and there are you know, God-sanctioned, uh, uh, ordained even, you know, monuments. But I'm going off the top of my head, so I, maybe I have a blind spot, and if I do, you guys will fill in the blank. Can you think of any instance... Anywhere in Scripture where someone erected a monument that was a statue of a person where it went well. Mm. Because we talked about the monuments that were piling up the stones or this place itself is a monument. We're going to change the name, give it a name, so we, every time we come by this place, we remember it. So there are monuments. I, so I don't know that we have... We have any reason to discount the importance of a monument. The temple itself, as it was built, was a bit of a monument. Uh, but I can't think of a time when there was a statue of a person where it ended up being blessed, being a good thing. Well, so, there, aren't, there aren't many instances. Um, you know, I mean, if, I, I, it's especially, you know, never works out well when someone builds a statue of themselves. Right. Those are those are the the main <laughs> right. examples oh, that right. I you can think of. Uh, my house, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are the main things that I can think of in, 
you know, right. in uh, But that's the different thing that somebody later dedicating a statue to the memory of that person. But again, to is it to the person or is it to, the, to certain accomplishments or events that happened, right? You have the example of the statue of the uh, flag at Iwo Jima, right? There's like six people or seven people in that image. And we probably know who all those people are. But I venture to say none of you guys know their names. And... Uh, you couldn't be faulted for not knowing their names because that's not even the point. The point of is to remember the victory in that battle, not the specific men who lifted that flag at the you know. Okay, at the moment so, of victory. so with that in mind, and I do want to. There's so many things going through my head, but I'm, I'm trying to exercise some discipline. So yeah, there, there, those are statues. That's a statue that has people in it, and we, but we don't know who the people are. But what about you go to the MLK uh, down in D.C. and they've got like the, it's carved out of marble or granite or whatever it is the, the the big image of martin luther king jr yeah. um we know who he is and it kind of looks sort of like yeah we should honor and respect and maybe even revere this individual that's got this way larger than life statue basically carved out of the stone is that is that biblically appropriate and i'm not trying to pick on mlk any of the or lincoln Sitting on a big throne. Yeah, Lincoln. Yeah. Exactly. Lincoln sitting on the big throne. Yeah. yeah. On uh, so there, there's an argument, Jefferson. There's an argument I've heard made that some of those statues, particularly the Lincoln and the Jefferson memorials, are uh, very Romanesque, very much like a temple. Um, and yeah. you actually are feeling like you're worshiping when you go there. In, um, and, and so that is that's maybe more to extreme. And so context, I think, does matter. Like compare that with the Washington Monument, which is just a big giant white stick or the vietnam yeah but the memorial, washington monument which is a wall with a bunch of names on it that's uh, world di- war ii memorial yeah, 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 all those things. i don't think it is i mean the washington monument is very much like nebuchadnezzar's image of gold which was actually very much like an obelisk it was so many so many times taller than it was wide right and it was just a stick that one was just a stick also and it says it you know here's here's what what you should uh, bow down to and worship this so I don't think it needs to be shaped like a person for it to become an idol, and that's always the danger whenever you have any monument. But um, I think you can walk by and see the, the hmm. memorial and the plaque and say, this is what you're supposed to remember when you see this. What does this remind you of? Okay, this is a person. Okay, he looks like a, a dude. What does this dude do? And then read the plaque and say, oh, okay, we're remembering that he fought in this battle or he did, uh, in, started this, had this scientific discovery or whatever. And that's what we're remembering. We see a picture. Oh, that's cool. He looked like that. So okay. here's another thing. And, and I, if we could, I want to get some uh, some comments on Mike from Imran, uh, if possible. So you don't have to react to my comment here in a second. But whatever your thoughts you have so far, I'd like you to jump in. But I do want to say this first. Okay, I, I asked the question or put forward the observation that I can't think of anything in the Bible where there's a statue of a person. Let me change that. I can't now and you just triggered this, Daniel, so thank you. I can't now think of a time where it's God-honoring to have any sort of a memorial that's not directing our focus to God in the Bible. So even though the Washington Monument is just a big white stick, uh, it's drawing attention to George Washington. It's not drawing attention to God. I mean, some would argue there's, there's Bible verses on it and stuff like that, right? But that's not the main takeaway when you look at the Washington uh, Monument. So is is that a biblical thing for us to have done? So on that note, really, literally anything that creates a sense of awe or worship that is not towards God is unbiblical. Um, in the Lincoln Memorial, there's a 
plenty of statements and that uh, Lincoln himself said that God allowed me this, this, or God did this, or under God's mercy we had this. So there were several instances that he's pointed to God. Um, in, in the Washington Monument, as you said, there's some Bible verses on there and things like that. And his testimony really was godly. I mean, he was... Uh, the Indians were known to say that he was the one that cannot be killed because they shot at him and they had he had holes through his robe but not, no injuries on several occasions. So I think all these memorials are important because if we don't have them, we tend to forget. Even a memorial statues of slaves. I would love to see that. Not because I revere slaves or I want slaves or, you know, I think slavery was good, but that actually is right in your face this is what slavery was and this country had that and we should take a minute and think about that and and really be able to have that conversation with our children because if we can't and that's what's happening with this cancel culture you can't have conversations about anything because if you have a conversation even about something that was in the past that you may disagree with or you don't like it's it's not acceptable anymore so i think everything we should do should have memorial but it should be focused on god and how or the godly outcome would be so even with slavery if we can turn that and say hey this was not a godly thing how the slaves were treated this was not you know we say this country was built on on godly principles but with the slavery that negates a lot of it so how do we fix that how do we go forward if we don't know the past we can't really go forward and what the cancel culture is doing is eliminating the past and changing it completely i mean i wasn't uh, I think even Obama said that the uh, um, the Indians from India uh, helped build this country? I don't remember people Hindus coming for, uh, and building this country, but th- I remember that statement. It's like, what is he talking about? You know, so you can change and make up history when there is nothing to remind you of the true history. So then, uh, that gives us a great opportunity to segue and pivot into something that Daniel at the toward the beginning of this show when he said yes. So let me, one of the uh, applications of that yes was there are times when it's appropriate to tear down. Uh, so what would be some examples where it's appropriate to take that down? Would Saddam Hussein's uh, statue toppling in Iraq be an example? Or, or if I wanted to channel my inner H.W. Uh, Bush, I might say Saddam <laughs> Hussein. Uh, is that an example? Or if there was a st- statue of... Uh, of Hitler up that we could tear that down? Or there's all sorts of iconic stuff up about Lenin and Stalin and Russia. Should those be torn down? Or, context or? is still important, right? So all through the Bible, there are actually commands to tear down statues and monuments. And that's when they're being worshipped as an idol. That's the example of a time to, to tear it down. Um, all, all through the, the, the kings and chronicles, you have examples of you know a godly king coming up and tearing down the statues and the high places and the altars and all the different things. Um, but those are all worship places. Yeah, these, these are the places of worship. These are the places of spiritual significance and things. So, yes, I think it makes sense to tear down a statue to Krishna or to uh, Buddha or whatever. Yeah, take, tear those down. Those are what people are worshiping. I think something worth considering is to <clears throat> um, is, is that everyone will worship something. And so in the absence of God, that, that gets replaced. Um, and I do think that um, that America does tend to have a problem with with worshiping itself, sort of in a in a general way. American society, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of pride. Are you referencing the selfie society that we have today? Uh, <clears throat> Are you talking about like the jingoistic nationalist 
tendency that a lot of people have. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there are many um, Americans who call themselves Christian but are uh, American first, and they worship probably their their freedom, you know that that right. they have or the um, that's like for God and country, but they actually. In practice, it's the flip, right? It's countries on top and God is second. <laughs> Correct, yeah. Yeah, so you would say that about a lot of patriots. A lot of the patriots these days are really nationalists. They, they, they're they after this country to be, and they say that we want to go back to our godly roots and things. But that word they use, Christian, it doesn't mean what they think it means. You know, <laughs> taking that. Uh, we're going to want, we, fortunately, we have a little bit of time. So we're going to want to, because we, uh, given the radio station that we're on, you know, the last two minutes of this show has some blood pressure rising, <laughs> right? Because this is a lot of uh, what passes for conservative content is on this radio station. A lot of uh, people that would identify as patriots and they're being very proud of America. So I think it's going to be important for us to help. We want people to be proud of where they live and their culture and their heritage and uh, think the best and root the best for what we're all about. So we're not dismissing that. But this is, I think, a real good pastoral moment for us as a group to help that contingent, anybody who thinks that way that's listening right now, to understand how do I navigate that? Because I do count myself a Christian. I do count myself a patriot. What's the and, godly way to right. To clarify, those? none of us are globalists, right? So usually the, the, when, when we are, when somebody says, oh, well, I'm not a nationalist, what they mean is that they're a globalist. We're, we're actually, and I think, David, your point is not that you should go be a globalist instead of being a patriot, but you should have your priority on God because we're not even of this world at all, right? That should be the focus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think that a, a right, good, um, appropriate love for one's country can only come out of a right understanding of of who God is, who he's made us to be, how he has uh, instructed us to love our neighbor, uh, love our our families, right? And so, um, and so my my concern is that uh, that without a without a right understanding of uh, of God uh, and you know who he is who he's made us to be as, as humans bearing his image, um, that, that we will very easily drift into, um, uh, yeah, drift into, um, idolatry of, of country. And, uh, and then we will not be appropriately, um, or even, I mean, we won't be, doing the best things for our country if, uh, you know, if we're forgetting about, um, you know, how, if we're misaligning our priorities, we're going to, we're, we're actually going to start, start messing it up. I wonder if this might be helpful uh, to, you know, the listener and, and this show I mean, as much as it strokes her ego to be on the radio and stuff, and there's, you know, there's probably something to that, although I've been on the radio for so many years now that uh, it, it doesn't quite do that for me the way it once did, but there's still something about that. But this, this show, if it's doing its job, and I think we're pretty good at doing our job on this show, it's with the listener in mind, we're trying to 
help people understand what the Bible does and doesn't say, how to apply that, not apply that to your life and situations. And so with that in mind, again, knowing who is most likely to listen to a radio station like this, um, they're going to hear uh, us talk about the cancel culture and tearing down the statues. And they're going, yeah, right on. Give it to those lefties, you know, those jerks who hate America. And they're going to be all there with us. But they also, they're putting, if in a weird way, they're putting nationalism, if you will. They're putting country, the secular government, ahead of God. And that's why they're out of alignment. That's why there's such a danger to the fruitfulness of our future as a country. They're, they're, putting, they're putting so much emphasis on, well, we need to have... Uh, judges who will make decisions based on what we want to see from our leftist perspective. Uh, and we want to elect leftists into office so they'll enact our leftist policies. And, and, uh, and we want the, the institutions to employ only leftist people because then they're going to have influence on the country and transform our culture into something that's very left-oriented. So they have – it's a form of nationalism also. They just have a different vision. And so if you, if you can agree with that, listener, if you can agree with, yeah, that's a problem, the polar opposite of the mirror image, mm-hmm. the negative image, like using a film term of that is also a problem. So when we think that the answer is activism, like if only America would stamp out abortion, all our problems would be solved. Now, we should stamp out abortion. But our mission primarily is honoring God. Now, part of that, flowing from that, would be stamping out abortion. But what all we care about is the activism. Or we need to transform Hollywood or these sorts of those sort of, you know, lash out against Disney. I'm not saying that those are wrong. I'm saying when they're out of priority, you know, we're making the same we, because I'm everybody in this room would identify as somewhere on the quote unquote right spectrum of of life. We would articulate that and define it a little bit differently among ourselves probably. But those who think like us, we got to be careful. We don't make the same mistakes in the reverse that the left is making. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, do, I hear, uh, I mean, if I understand you correctly, also, you're, you're not saying that uh, politically that means that, you know, everybody should move to the center. <laughs> but no, but, but what you're saying, and I, you know, well, First of all, I'm, I don't like that term because the Overton window keeps shifting, and so what passes for the center right, is increasingly right, right. left. <laughs> but, but rather, our 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 center as individuals should be God first, and then and right that's, and that's right politics will come from that. Right, but that's not center. The problem right. problem with yeah. God is it's very much a foundation, and center is something that's shifting. It's based on what people want. One of the things that the left has really figured out, and they figured out this out many, many years ago, is that they cannot change this country and the foundations it was built on and the biblical foundations that it was built on uh, through legislation. So they had to use appointees. They appointed people to, as judges. They appointed people to positions, and they made regulations and changes that in effect became like law or had the purpose of law but were not being passed through Congress. And so the whole purpose of the Constitution where the Congress passes laws, the Congress shall, shall be the one that passes laws, is no longer in effect. And so we've had a lot of changes, a lot of shift to the left, not from actual laws that have been passed, but from regulations and from appointees and from judges ruling a certain way because they couldn't get it passed through law. And the conservatives, they just never figured that out. 
they always wanted to stick with. Let's try to pass a law. Let's try to pass a law. No, the, the left doesn't care about passing a law. They just want to put some things in place and make people, you know, make decisions based on whatever they want. And that's different. Yeah. And that's going to be our final word of wisdom on this week's show. Thank you so much for listening to the Faith Debate today. Um, if you don't know who Jesus is, let me tell you, he's the guy that rescues you from your guilt because you've got a guilt problem whether you know it or not. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a great plan for you and all that is true. But absent of Christ, you're not going to fulfill that and you don't have the strength to do it. But in Christ, by the indwelling of his spirit, you do have the ability to live the life that God intends for you. And ultimately, in glorification, you will have everything and then some you could ever imagine. Uh, thank you to Imran, Daniel, David, I'm Troy. Follow us online at householdoffaithinchrist.com and wfmd.com. Till next week, God bless. 